Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Woo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast. The show is brought to you by Pete Pay, where you may just find that next career move as they are hiring WooCommerce plugin developers with experience in checkout and payments. And GoDaddy Pro, part of the GoDaddy family who sponsored Boosesh this year. Now, I'll tell you more about our pod friends later in the show, but speaking of Boosesh, we continue to bring you our live session that was recorded last week at Boosesh, which is an online conference for Woo Builders. In the third and last end of the day wrap up that we did live there, Robbie, Robert, and myself have a fantastic last day conversation with Chrissy Vandenord, where she tells us about integrating 3D visual customization into client sites. And Chris Mospa, who talks about one of our favorite topics here, WooCommerce performance. So listen into the highlights from the very last day of WooSesh. It's great to be here at uh, our, you know, favorite WooSesh. Uh, it's great to have Chris and Chrissy. I I did get to catch a ton of Chrissy's, and um, my first question is, uh, you know. Hey, how did you like putting it together? It was great. Oh, putting the talk together? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I I loved it. Um, I totally took advantage of, um, I don't know if people listening know, but um, Brian offered the opportunity for us to meet with a speaking coach. And I totally took advantage of the opportunity. And I feel like it really um, helped me to like solidify things and make it more like, I don't know, relatable, personable, like, yeah. So it, it was fun. And it was fun because this is like a project that launched in February, but we've been kind of rolling pieces of it out over time. And so like the actual e-commerce part of it just launched in August. And so like to then be at this point where I was like trying to recap all of, it was just a nice point in the project to kind of think back over, try to put it into words. Well, so everyone out there in the audience, and I know there are actual secrets to making these uh, Woo sesh sessions uh, amazing. And Chrissy just uh, ruined it for all speakers in the future. <laughs> well, all I said, like if you are, if you're ever a speaker, you should take advantage of a speaking coach like that. Oh, absolutely! Uh, I loved hearing about the project from all its, you know, aspects. I mean, that is a huge project. I mean, obviously, you like you just mentioned, it's been being done in phases and whatnot. What do you think made it a, a great topic for Woosash? You know, I think there's a there's a few things that made it a great topic for Woosash. Um, and I think one, a lot of people are rethinking e-commerce right now, you know, because e-commerce is so prevalent. And so there's definitely like this, how do I stand out between like all of the other potential e-commerce sites? You know, also, I think that the, I, we're moving so much with technology towards like, virtual reality and augmented reality and like this 3D environment. And so the idea of marrying like e-commerce with this 3D world, which by the way, Shape Diver does have the ability to do some like augmented reality stuff. Um, I haven't like dived down that rabbit hole too far, but it's really intriguing. And I'm kind of like, what can I do? I need to find a project that will uh, let me explore that. But then also just kind of like the complexity of thinking about the client as a user and just their specific business model, I think is potentially a little bit different than what maybe a standard WooCommerce store is. And so just presenting all the different 
options. That's very cool. I, you know, I, I appreciate so many weird aspects of it. I love the ERP stuff, the, uh, uh, you know, dealing with the internationalization. I mean, these are great topics that, you know, uh, can be done. And I guess, you know, not super insanely. I mean, it, you know, everyone can kind of dive into that. Uh, I know Chris dove into performance, which everyone needs to kind of, you know, take advantage of, uh, you know, I, I'm going to hit you up with the same question, you know, uh, what made this, you know, everyone talks about performance at every single woo word, anything web conference, you know, what think really made it a, a standout presentation? Well, I think it's a, it's an important thing to consider for any website. Um, you know, even if you're just starting out and maybe, you know, plan to have a couple of dozen visitors a day, or at least that's how it grows and, you know, moves on and on and on. Uh, but it's a consideration that really needs to be at the forefront of everybody's plans as they get a site going. So that's probably why it appears at most of the talks and conferences, because it is truly that important. And, you know, as great as WordPress is, as great as uh, WooCommerce is, like I said, they're just not optimized for that performance out of the box. So it takes a few tweaks. And I was hoping to not really solve performance issues for anybody in a 25-minute talk, because it's truly impossible, but it's uh, to give them an idea, like, okay, here's, here's a couple of seeds. Let's plant them. Let's move you forward or get the ideas going. Uh, so, you know, the quick win. Okay, here's something you can do that will actually have tangible benefit right away. But then let's move on to some more technical stuff. You might need to get some help with it, uh, you know, hire an expert, get some coders in place. But it really boils down to user experience. And I, I think a lot of sites and a lot of website uh, owners forget about that user experience. You know, performance is fantastic, but what you get out of the performance is truly what's important. You get happy users. You get people that want to come back to your site. You get people that want to purchase the items that you have for sale. So it's, it's one of those things that it's important. People talk about it, uh, but it really should almost be invisible. It's, it's like the utilities you have. Uh, you know, you flip on that light switch, you just expect it to work. You don't want a four-second delay when you flip the light switch on and the lights come on. You want that thing right then and there. Or worse, you flip the light switch and it doesn't come on. Now that utility, even though 99 point whatever nines percent of the time, they're working fantastic. The light doesn't come on. You're cursing them out for generations in the past. You, know, you don't want to pay the bill. It's a horrible thing. Uh, so really, it all boils into that user experience. You know, it, Does your store, when somebody flips the light switch, does it give you something right away? And give them what they're looking for. Because if it doesn't, then you really do need to dig in and figure out how to move that forward. So hopefully, you know, like Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill. I I pushed it up and, you know, can move things forward. And one day that rock's going to go over the other side, even though it never happened for him. (laughs) Well, and and Chris, the one thing you left off is they curse and then they go leave a bad review somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there. well, there is that. Yeah, I guess if, if you make a user angry enough, not only has that user experience deteriorated, but it could chase away others. And that's, that, that is truly a disaster. Yes, it is. Okay, so I've got now, I've got a question for each of you, but Chrissy, I'm going to start with you. And yours has to deal with the project that you covered in there, which was fascinating. Um, but my question that I have for you is, I, I do believe you said in there that that was the first time your team had done that 3D modeling in the WooCommerce cart. But how long of a ter- period did it take you guys to develop this project? 
And if you had to repeat it, do you think you could do it faster? Because I know some of this was probably learning curve, right? Um, yeah, for sure. There, there is definitely like some learning curve. It actually was not the first time that I implemented this 3D with the cart. Um, and so that was um, the the company that I bought my table from. I redid their website and they have this as well. And so there was obviously not as much learning curve this time around, but it was kind of like, uh, how could I do it better this time? And so even though like maybe there wasn't uh, the learning curve this time around, there was definitely that I want to make sure that I'm like optimizing this. Like be, now that I'm not learning, I want to make sure I'm doing it in the way that like I can take it to kind of the next level. Um, and uh, what was it like you said? Oh, the how long of a project. Okay. So um, someone asked me this on Slack in a direct message. And I think that's a great question. So ultimately, we started that project I'm trying to think. I think it was probably like August of 2021. And um, we were going to launch like January 1-ish. But we delayed because um, the person that was doing the 3D modeling, just the amount of models that were needed to be created and how many they wanted to have, to have done it launched. And then also coupled with just them kind of navigating some of their own like business and dealer management stuff. Like, so we ended up launching in February. Um, cause they, they were like, we just want to make sure we're like in a, like everybody's happy right now. So we don't want to want to make sure we cover all of the bases so that when we launch this, it doesn't, doesn't create a, a disruption to just like that kind of pace and happiness that they were, the dealers had. And so, yeah, so we've been working on it for a year at this point. And like I said, we launched in February and I always encourage my clients to launch at the point in time where their site meets or just barely exceeds what they had before and then to continue to iterate. And so that's what we did here. Oh, I love that too. By the way, I also encourage clients to do that too. Once it's just as good, in my opinion, flip over. So yeah, so great. Um, and so that's interesting that you did mention that modeling is something that you will have to take into consideration in your timeline for projects like that. So really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And kudos, kudos on it. That's actually, that was a very fast from, from start to launch. That's, that's a pretty quick time frame, in my opinion, for a site like that. So kudos on that. Chris. So one, we all love, we were talking about this before in the green room. We all love that you gave everybody a, here's a plug-in plug this plugin in and it's going to take care of all of your Ajax uh, cart debris, as it were. And uh, so we love that you did that. But what I was really interested in is you dug into and talked about transient. So, but I know in a, that short of a talk, you can't really dig in on that. I understand. But where would you, where would you recommend someone start if they want to really tap into transients in WordPress and, and, and utilize it to speed up their site? Well, it's, uh, you know, the first thing is understand that transients are exactly that. They are transient data, so they are temporary. Uh, but once you get into that concept and absorb, hey, this is what a transient truly means, the WordPress codex is excellent. I mean, certainly it is, uh, it's for coders. Uh, so as a casual user, you're probably not going to understand how to do that. But if you're at the point where you're diving into a plugin or writing your own plugin or theme and interacting with the WordPress code itself, uh, just getting to the transients codex and reading through it and, and playing around, uh, you know, set up a local, uh, WordPress instance and play around with it. Look at what happens in the database. If you have that depth of knowledge to see how the transients are stored. But more importantly, 
look at, you know, the example I gave, obviously a little bit contrived with grabbing the temperature and it takes a full second uh, to get it. But it was deliberate in that, hey, you know, this second is a very big delay, but do some testing along with the transient. See what that gives you. Use, you know, use my temperature example if you want. Uh, it's easy enough to get temperature from various places. I'm sure there's plugins actually that will will get it for you as well. Uh, but then dive deeper into what what do you need to find? What do you what information do you need to store in the transients? And also, what's the lifetime of that information being useful? So the temperature may be a few minutes. I mean, if it's currently 84 and it goes up to 85, I don't think anybody's going to notice. And it may take 5, 10, 15 minutes for that. So that temperature's got a very long life on it. Um, you know, if you're doing something, and again, totally contrived example, but a minute. So if you're tracking minutes of something, well, you know the life of that is 60 seconds. So figure out what do you want to store in transients. Because WordPress truly handles the, the whole transient system extremely well. You can give them a life. Uh, as far as how long it needs to. And it also takes care of garbage collection for you. So you don't have to worry about a lot of cruft accumulating in your database. An excellent, excellent uh, information there for people. I think whether they're a coder or not, Chris, because like uh, we had a project and we were pulling in some information from a client's manufacturing facility and we needed to show that on a regular basis. But inside of their manufacturing, they only updated this every six minutes anyway. So we set ours up to be a heartbeat after that six minutes on a six minute rate. So we basically were keeping up with it, but we didn't have to do it like you said, every minute or every two minutes. We could look at the data and understand where that data needed to come in. But I think people, um, whether they're the coder or not, understanding that the capability exists there lets them talk to their coders more logically about this project. So. And, and one thing too, when caching data, understand that as you ask for that new value, you may not get something. So, and that's one thing I didn't touch on, really didn't have enough time to get into it. But, you know, for the temperature, that service might be down for a few minutes, a few hours, a few days. It's obviously going to cause your data to get stale, but make sure you get a good value back before erasing the one that you have cached if you're replacing it. And always make sure that something can live beyond its useful life in case that external source isn't available for whatever reason, for however much time. And, you know, it, it, there's, there's tricks to that, uh, but never remove something that you might need. If you're getting more information, get that information first and then replace it. Yeah. I have a, I have a lovely little anecdote to share. I troubleshooted an issue for a client um, where all of a sudden the, there were certain shipping destinations that were being charged nothing. And it's because the shipping API had delivered a random freak out. Something didn't work right. And it had returned zero. And then it was in a saved in a transient. And so anytime somebody in that zip code was purchasing something, it was giving them shipping for no cost. And it, it took some digging to figure out like what was going on there and like get it all cleared out. But to illustrate your point, make sure you have a legitimate value before you get rid of your old one. <laughs> it could cost you some money there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're shipping couches. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, this was not a client that was shipping couches, um, but it was an international shipping. So it was uh, 
you know, it was a small package, but it was going far. So it still mattered. <laughs> this brings up a whole great point about, I, I love APIs and all their wonderful worlds, but it's like uh, belt and suspenders for everything, you know? So you mentioned, you know, don't clear out the cash. Like I, I remember ad dropping classes in college years ago. Don't drop until you have another class. <laughs> but also, you know, how do you manage, you know, default or non-existent values? Do you even have defaults? Are, you know, are you, are you, a default could be as simple as, hey, this isn't working right now, or we wish it was 70 degrees, or, you know. <laughs> yeah. well, I think in the, in the shipping, you know, probably calculate, okay, this is a baseline cost that we're going to have and have that as a relatively sane default. Uh, but then, yeah, always, always expect that you're going to get bad data or no data from whatever. And that could be from a web form. And that's a whole other conversation for hours and hours, like never trust input. Uh, but also don't trust that the API is going to deliver what you ask for. Hey, everyone, Bob WP dropping into the show for a short break to tell you more about our two pod friends and to thank them for their amazing support. PeachPay prides itself on helping your clients increase their WooCommerce sales with Express Checkout. As they reach more of the market, how about joining their team as a developer? There's nothing better than being part of a product that has solid leadership and values around the Woo community. PeachPay is currently hiring developers who have worked on WooCommerce plugins, especially those around checkout and payments, and have experience in core tech, including PHP, TypeScript, CSS, HTML, MongoDB, and AWS services. So take that next step in your Woo development career and check it out at peachpay.app slash join. Then you can really do the Woo. Staying on top of things, what about managing all those client projects in one place? The GoDaddy Pro Hub does just that, and it's free. From a single dashboard, you will have control over your client sites, products, and projects in one seamless experience. Save time on repetitive site maintenance tasks. Access all your client accounts with a single sign-on. And use tools that improve client collaboration. And top that off with priority support and it's the all-in-one hub. Learn all about it by simply going to dothewoo.io slash hub. Make sure and check out both of these pod friends. And now let's get back to the show. I have a question for everyone, actually. And I, I, I'd just be curious about this. I, I I went to the side, of course, Chrissy, and I had to, you know, during your talk, get in there. And and what was amazing, I th- as I was rolling the bed around different views, I was thinking, oh, this is what my cat sees. Because I could see actually underneath the bed. Uh-huh. And that, that was kind of fascinating to me. Because, you know, I, I've never really, I usually don't crawl under our bed. But for each of you, what I'd like to ask is, what, aside from furniture, what would you really want to see in 3D as far as a product you might buy online? I'm going to start with Robert. Oh, thanks. Well, so my big hobby is cooking. And uh, sometimes there are specialty foods, you know, like maybe you want a specialty meat from, you know, a certain place or whatnot. It would be kind of cool to be like, oh, this is what, you know, it's going to look like. I can tell the thickness. I can tell the weight. A lot of products like, okay, so everyone was, you know, maybe uh, doing that early access prime madness uh, recently. 
how many of these products don't actually have weights? Uh, you know, I, I think having all that information would be very helpful and then being able to spin it around, you know, so, you know, I can actually tell what like a five pound tenderloin really looks like. Uh, and maybe just for educational purposes. So when I go to the butcher, I'm like, I don't feel as uh, foolish and confused. Like, uh, no, that's, I guess, pork or that's, you know, lamb. And I had no idea because I couldn't tell the difference. I would have never expected a hunk of raw meat. Um, that that really threw me off. I'm sorry, but that that's great. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, Chrissy, w- w- is there something for you? Yeah. Okay. So I actually have I have two answers here, um, and one of them is glasses, like eyeglasses, because like I've been they. I mean, they have the virtual experience, and you can you know see, try it on and stuff. Um, but I, what you don't get to experience, like with how it's set up now is like, I have a really thin bridge to my nose. And so that measurement is like the most important measurement to me. And so being able to like customize your glasses to like those kinds of measurements, I feel like that's what I want right now. Maybe the 3d question is what do we need 3d at home so we can actually inject it into our web? Yeah. Like Chrissy's face. Um, well, like, so because like shape diver, like the, the reality is like, you could create something that you could customize like that. And then you could download the file to use your 3d printer and like actually print something out that you customize. Like there's that technology exists with this platform. Um, and so kind of along those lines, I, I follow this ceramicist that does molds and he, he creates these ceramic mugs and things are like pieces of art in like 3d and then creates these molds that he pours a porcelain you know slip into and creates this like so so that to me i'm like ooh, i want to see that in like 3d on his site and be able to make some customizations to it and then let him he's already working in 3d so okay so we have the list so far raw meat glasses and ceramics this is getting good chris what can you add to the list? It's going to get far worse. <laughs> um, you know what I'd like modeled in 3D in the actual size on the internet is me and anybody to be able to have their body because clothing is a very difficult thing to purchase online. I mean, yeah. you know, there, there, I've got some 4X shirts. I'm a big guy that are tight on me and I'm not that big. Uh, and I've got some 2X shirts that I'm swimming in. So I don't know what size to buy, but having my body scanned in 3D and then going to a particular vendor and saying, you know, I like that shirt. What size do I need? Or if they need to customize it, you know, how's it going to look with this customization or that customization? I think that would be revolutionary because it would cause me to buy a lot more clothes online. And I know a lot of sites, okay, you can take four or five measurements, but everybody's a little bit different. So you know, I might have a lump somewhere that nobody else does or whatever it ends up being, but it's, uh, you know, ha- having that. Um, and then that kind of goes into the tactile because I also want to know how is this shirt going to fit? I mean, how's it going to drape on me? Certainly a burlap shirt's going to be far less comfortable than a nice silk shirt, or whatever it ends up being. So, um, mm. so we add Chris's body to the list and um, we got to hear Robbie, what's, what's going to be the topper here? Wow. I was going to say, I don't think I'm topping any of theirs. Uh, (laughs) Personally, (laughs) 
I just am much just more functional, I suppose. I want anything that has plugins or ports or things like that on it. I want to be able to spin it around in 3D and be able to see those, see where they are, how they're positioned, all that kind of stuff. Because nothing's worse than when you, they just don't even, maybe they have images, maybe like maybe it's a traditional shopping cart and they've got lots of photos of the device that you're going to buy. And they have a close up and they're showing you, oh, well, they've got all these ports. And you're like, oh, that's great. That's going to work. And then you get it and the ports are like positioned where you have to like go behind a piece of plastic and then plug in and you're like, this doesn't work for my setup, you know? And so to me, I want all electronics done that way so I can actually see them and see how they'll. And then I also, though, want that next step. I want them in AR. I want to be able to then like pull it out and look at it in my room, see it's going to fit on my desk or it's going to hang on the wall where I want it, things like that. Um, But I have some good news for Chris. And that is I've been to, uh, I used to go to a lot of AR and VR conferences and they actually do have body scanners. And they actually, I even went through a booth where they scanned you. Then when you walked in front of these mirrors, you could say, I want to try on these clothes. And it literally put the clothes on you in the mirror. It was it was amazing. Now, that technology is super expensive, right? So it's not something that's happening in your browser yet. But since it can be done, we know it can be done. It's just like when we started with the the like showing the furniture, Ikea came out with an app and the, you could show the furniture sitting in your room. And it was brilliant. But you had to have the app. You had to have a camera that could handle the AR, all of that kind of stuff. Now we can even do it inside of a shopping cart. We can do, I can go into Amazon and then I can say, hey, let me see this chair in my living room. So we can do that in the browser. So what they've been working on all these years on bigger and more expensive pieces of electronics, they will whittle it down so we'll be able to pull it in and use it in websites, which is yeah, which is really cool, I think. <laughs> I always yes. thought it would be I, interesting to actually have a 3D site with nothing but round balls and solid colors. And that would totally confuse anybody of why they would have the option of a 3D view. I, I, that's, that's just what I'm thinking. So the next time, you know, I have nothing to do and I'm tired of watching the grass grow I could get on that site and basically rotate balls for no apparent reason at all with no goal in sight. So that 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 would be my site. So I think you've uh, got a whole new audience for Do the Woo, uh, Bob. <laughs> Everyone's now really want to know what this what goes on on a weekly basis. <laughs> <laughs> Do the Woo. We just go in there and spin little spheres in space. That's what we do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to close um, out as we kind of get do you have one more thing you want to do here robert one more question I, I, yeah because this was you know before i got totally sidelined by the uh bob and ball show um <laughs> i i decided to merge two ideas one from chris and one from chrissy chris was talking about apis chris you had a great section about integrating with uh <clears throat> email and how you're going getting information back and forth, both from the dealers and the customers and, you know, that sort of uh, communication uh, flywheel almost. Uh, I have not heard anyone about anyone say anything about communicating with the developers when things go right, wrong, or whatnot. Like these API examples, can't we just have something in there that says, hey, developers? So I've actually done something like that for myself for a client site. Um, I, I integrated an API and... I was working with a third-party vendor that like wrote the API specifically for this client. So it's not like a widely distributed, like I'm the, I'm the person that's like testing it for them. And so I just built in a little thing that like, when I get an unexpected result back, it sends me an email and nobody else knows that that happens, but I can then be like, Ooh, that's a problem we need to solve. And I think all APIs should have really good documentation 
And unfortunately, it's the last thing that happens. But at the very least, what's the default value? Or, you know, here's here's the stuff that's going to go wrong. Because we'll assume that we're going to get good information back and we know what that is. But when things come back and they're not what you expect, here's at least the format you're going to be given. And hopefully that prompts the developers to think through, well, gee, yeah, maybe this isn't going to come through and and plan for that. Because I think developers are optimistic uh, in a bad way sometimes because they're just going to assume everything's uh, going to go right until it doesn't. And then they have to scramble to fix it. Or they're rushed. <laughs> well, I've never seen that happen, but yeah, I guess it could. <laughs> uh, there's got to be some automatical way to handle bounds checking. That'd be awesome. Yes. <laughs> And Chris, we sometimes do what you did too. We call it putting the bell on the cat. So if there's something, it jingles and we hear it. (laughs) Love it. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'd like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends. If you're looking for a new career in development, check out peachpay.app forward slash jobs. And a shout out to GoDaddy and GoDaddy Pro for their sponsorship of WooSesh this year. I'd also like to thank Brian Risen from WBSession.com, who invited us as a community partner to this amazing event last week. Make sure and check out all he has done for developers at WPSession.com. So until the next time, keep on doing the woo.